I did not see that coming, man. Just like I had no idea, even though like I sometimes could tell, but I had no idea about Giselle Shaw being a trans woman either. Yeah, nice. I guess I guess we could start. Welcome to Vleeties. I wish Geezy was here tonight, Gino. There's so many things happening in the world. Like it really is a perfect Vleeties and Geezy night. He's in Las Vegas. He's at Margaritaville. He's wasting away. Do you know that song, Gino, that's like, Wasting away again in Margaritaville. Do you know that song? That is a classic song of, uh, what was it, Buffer or whatever? I, what, I forget it's full name. Yeah, Buffer Dude. Jimmy. Yeah, so like that, that, that song is a banger, and that's where he is right now. I feel like if you go to Vegas and you go to, like, Margaritaville, isn't that hack? There's Margaritavilles everywhere. There's one in Palm Springs, but he's there. I'm here. You're right there. I'm in front of you. Uh so here I am. You're behind me. Don't look at me like that, okay? I see you over there. I can look. I'm looking at you on the screen. Trovo.live slash Vleeties is where you get to watch us live. Uh, we are here Tuesday night, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Is it still standard time, Gino, or is it like Eastern denominational time? Or how come sometimes it says EDT? Isn't it between like when we have daylight savings times and the other time period where like it's either jump ahead, jump forward? I think it's jumping ahead is when it's standard, and then it's DT when it's balls back. Yeah, one of them standard, one of them is D. I don't know what the fuck that that means. But Gino, it's been like uh, it's been a momentous week in the wrestling world. Now I know that uh, the the real world with all the hashtags and headlines that have just been bombarding my newsfeed. Uh, hey, reshare this. Hey, reshare this. Hey, reshare this. I have no interest. I, I just have been like, oh, I don't even want to look at Instagram lately. Like, it's just been a, it's just been a pitfall. You ever play the game Pitfall on ColecoVision, Gino? And I did play the Pitfall game, and even fucking Activision loves to put uh, fucking Pitfall in Call of Duty as a little Easter egg. You can play that anywhere at any time. So it's like pitfall is always everywhere for people yeah and it, well and it's it's a metaphor for real life at this point yeah so as i as i was watching raw i was wondering when the pitfall happens there's constant pitfalls everywhere and the way the world is right now it's like people pretend they're in a pitfall this is my favorite you know this will be the only hashtag and headline i addressed because obviously roe versus wade was overturned and everybody was furious take to the streets oh i can't believe the supreme court would do this take to the streets reshare this we're gonna we're gonna have another january 6th up in here Go on, catch the buzz fail to stay thank you ticks for life he cast a mandate spell gino that's joe biden eating some ice cream he's enjoying himself he's also very upset about this uh, abortion thing but i'm loving only all of my friends who are like very liberal are so upset everybody's furious uh, and then they they post like seven things about how this is dangerous, like for women that might have a, like, oh, this pregnancy could cause harm, harm to the mother. Oh, you don't support children in foster care, but you support, uh, but you support them being born. Uh, like all of these weird things that are being posted. And then like the seventh picture is like at the rooftop having margaritas. Like everybody pretended they were really upset. They shared and shared and shared. And then it's like at the beach with my bestie. Like, are people actually mad, Gino, or are people just life as usual? I think it is that people are upset. They're finding people with like-minded opinions and their same opinions, and they're beating them up finally, which they haven't had a chance to do with how the world has been with the whole quarantine shit and people getting sick. So they're like, this is something we can all enjoy for a time being in the same open mind and body and being in the same group mindset. 
So I, maybe there's like a positive influence to tell them to be like, this is something good for us to be out and about. Thank you, Ricardo, for allowing this to just <laughs> be me discussing this idea all this time. Thank you very much, man. So again, this is all just them wanting to present the idea of, hey, we're all together and maybe they are feeling positive because that's they want to have a nice moment to remember this occasion by even though this is a bad negative emotion for them. Gino, I know you're I know you're a recluse, you're like a recluse and a hermit, but we've been gathering for months. Like it's probably been a year. Texas hasn't had a mask mandate for a very long time. I was in California not that long ago and even the mask that I was in Hawaii in February and the masks were kind of going away. So like everybody's kinda like, oh we're done with this shit. We're not pretending to be uh, like, oh, we're afraid of COVID. Like, we've all been outside. We've been gathering. And we, the Juggalos, we've all been gathering, Gino. Uh, we, we've been all going to our Insane Clown Posse shows, and we've seen Twisted. We've gone to Magic Ninja Entertainment shows. We've been mixing it all up, okay? So when I'm hearing, like, oh, well, people are just happy to be back together. I don't know. Like, I, some people are happy being miserable on social media. But then in real life, they're like, fucking tacos. These are dank. I at the same time again, I I do believe that COVID is still like a big issue, especially with some people that again you had COVID, Geezy did at some point earlier, and also one thing that sucked and I think did affect something I was looking forward to is that the machine gun got COVID. Who's the machine gun? Carl Anderson. Oh, okay. Well, no, I got COVID, but it didn't stop me from going out like the week after. Like I was so desperate to get back to work. And I know that some of my coworkers got COVID after I got back and they were like, you gave me COVID. It's like, yeah, but you're alive. So I didn't give you real COVID. Okay. You got something from me, not real COVID, not hazardous COVID. At least you were sick for a couple of days. Now you're stronger than ever. And you're welcome. That's what I tell them. Like you beat COVID. Now you have the antibodies. You don't need to get your sixth dose of the facts, bro. So, and, and with everyone all up in arms and angry, even the wrestling community is like, whoa, this is terrible. Like, uh, even Kane is like super excited. Like, hey, and, and I've been no, I've been saying this since the beginning uh, of the year. The red states are trying to get redder. The red states are doing whatever they can to prevent the massive influx of blue staters that are moving to them, a.k.a. Texas, Tennessee, Georgia. A lot of people from California can't afford to live there anymore because they voted it that way. And because it's very the weather is so nice, you know, they're all moving to these red states and the red states are getting worried like, oh, my gosh, these guys are trying to make this place the new California. But we don't want that. So now we're trying to make the red states even redder by giving abortion up to the states. Uh, I This kind of creates more democracy like hell. Yeah. Fuck the federal like government. Now this I live in California. I love California. Now I'm never going to leave California because it's an abortion sanctuary state. Like that's great news for California for people like me who like being in Texas and don't want the, the, the people that tend to support abortion and moving here. It's great. We're all, we all get to live in our spots, pick your poison, pick your politics. This is a great movement for democracy, Gino. It can be, but then there is the small argument of the idea of, like, if you really are the middle class or lower middle class people that, even though, yes, rape, you can consider, like, maybe it's a choice that you didn't fucking force the person off them, but at the same time, person could be with weaponry or something, so you have no choice but to possibly have that baby if you even are not prepared for that or even to the point of you could die if you have this child because some people are in that predicament which is a shame yeah well that's so that's also not true so if we could if we could stop spreading the the disinformation if there is still harm to the mother at least in texas you can still have an abortion 
Like it, so that that's that's the misconception with a lot of these blue staters. And I've like I I've, I remember listening to Jack Dorsey and whatever that Indian lady's name was on Joe Rogan, where they were saying, "No, it's up to the community to flag post." And they were saying conservatives don't flag post like Democrats do. They don't. Like we don't like I, I don't have the time to sit there and flag all these posts as misinformation. So that's why people go on to Twitter and it's like this is like a liberal hive mind. Well, yeah, because they're the only ones that are flagging the conservative posts and getting people ripped off of Twitter. Like conservatives either not on Twitter or they're just kind of scrolling like me. I haven't posted anything about this all week. I just been like, oh, whatever. Like I don't have time. I don't want to put my opinion out there. I don't need everyone to argue with me on on social media. And I like what you're saying. You know, like, yeah, if you're if if you're poor and you get pregnant, oh, my gosh, I better, you know, murder the baby. Like I don't know. Like that's the other problem is I've seen the post about. Oh, what about, you know, why don't you ignore abortion like you ignore the kids in foster care? But when you say something like that, it's like at least the kids in foster care have a chance at life and a chance at being alive because the other side of that would just be to murder them before they're even born. Like I, I just don't understand. And what is an abortion, Gino? Do we need to watch some videos? Because we've watched them. They pull arms off the baby as it like kind of wiggles to try and survive, and then they suck the whole thing out. It's it's horrific. So I don't know. I, I I like I know that oh my gosh it would be such an inconvenience for me. Well, either wear a condom, birth control, don't have sex. Like we were even talking about that the other day like the sexual revolution really did start all this stuff. Remember in the 40s, this was not like a big problem. Roe versus Wade wasn't a thing until the early 70s. So, we're arguing about something that for as long as mankind has been around, this whole abortion thing has only been around for 60 years. So, all of these things in my head, just swimming around. Women, I'm if you if you do need an abortion, there are states that will take you in. Uh, I would encourage you to not murder the baby. I would encourage you to at least give the baby a shot at life. I think. I think. I mean, it's as a woman, me, as you and me, you know, as women, like when you are growing a baby, their blood becomes your blood, and their their DNA becomes your DNA, and tissues become your tissues. Like it's an extension of you. The miracle of childbirth is literally a miracle. So when women are like, "Well, I can't afford the baby, so I better just not have it." I just look at that as well. It's kind of, you know, it, it is a little bit of a murder, dude. But here's the thing, though. Would you rather prefer that or Casey Anthony? Well, the good question is is what Casey Anthony did just a, a late-term abortion. A couple years later, I'm not sure. First of all, she was acquitted of all those charges, Gino. Um, so let's not spread more uh, disinformation or misinformation. Which one is the bad one? I believe it's misinformation is what they consider is the worst thing. I don't think disinformation is the real thing. I think it's misinformation. Well, how about disinformation, Gino? Disinformation right here. Uh, Giselle Shaw is trans. Like, this was news because I remember watching one of... Now, I've been wondering where she came from all this time anyway. And not sure, like, okay, how come I've never heard of her? What, where has she been? Where, where else has she worked? And I remember watching one of the pay-per-views and I was messaging you like, I can't tell if she's hot or if she's not. I don't know what is happening here. And then finally she's hey, – does this bother you, Gino? How come someone pretends they're not trans until suddenly I'm a proud transgender person? Shouldn't you be, like, really proud of that all the time? You can't just go from hiding it to proud.
I mean, it's just, I think it's because she was in a period of time where she didn't feel she was comfortable being able to admit that she was trans. Like, when she became passable as a woman that she realized, I just need to say that I'm a complete woman. And then when I do feel completely comfortable with it and able to admit this and know that I'm in a stable position where I can actually be able to be a good beacon for those that are trying to transition. That was her big moment to have this platform that she finally could do it on the Today Show. Say that on the screen, Gino. I wouldn't have my oldest if I had an abortion. It was the worst mistake you could ever make. Just think about that. Like, imagine just years later wondering, like, wow, I could have a child here right now, but I decided to not do that. Like, you know, like I decided to 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 not give that baby a shot at life. I decided I would rather continue partying. I could. I decided I would continue to try and. Do something else other than give that child a shot at life. Like, and I, I, it's cut and dry for me. But, uh, but I, I, something you said that was interesting there. She waited until she could pass as a woman. What the hell does that mean? Like, was she super ugly? And then you were like, oh, well, well once she gets prettier, you can be a proud trans person. But, but as of right now, you you shouldn't be proud. You look like a man. Is that what you mean? No, there are like periods of time when like when people are transitioning from like male to female, they don't get to that point where they feel and they be accept they fully accept they are past bus female. Like when they actually do go for jobs that they fully assume and believe that they're female. They don't even know that they're trans. We were listening to past bus female. We were listening to Against Me uh before we started and that guy's trans now. That's a lady who sings that song. And I even watched some live footage. And yeah, it sounds the same. I mean, the song sounds the same. The songs still rock. Oh my gosh, you know those songs fucking rock. Okay, uh, so man singing it or lady singing it, great songs. Also, just kind of weird. It's like a rock star to be trans and then be female because she still looks like the guy. You know, like rockers have long hair, so it really is just oh, I grew my hair out and I grew some boobs. Like, hey, that's pretty cool, huh? And that's the thing, like some people, it's easier for them. And they're like, it's perfectly fine and people accept it. But then there are some cultures, some societies, some parts of our entire country that are not so open-minded. So when she did transition, she was able to be fully passable as a woman and she was able to live her life as a woman. She did not feel yet ready to admit that she was trans until she had this platform that she finally was able to have in 2022. Even that Against Me album about like the trans rebel soul is pretty damn good, Gino. Everyone in the chat is talking about my tan. I, I'm a gardener, Gino. Did you know this? I'm out. The, this. I wish Keezy was here. Uh, you're great. You're doing great so far, though. This is just so much Keezy stuff. Yeah, I'm. I, I. I'm a gardener. I'm outside every Saturday, Sunday, just mowing the lawn, pulling weeds, weed whacker, uh, working on projects outside. It'll be 109 degrees, and my wife's like, "Why are you going out there?" It's like. Because I got to do what I got to do. I also coach baseball Saturday mornings. So I'm just getting tanner and tanner. Look at this, dude. I look like I look like Austin Theory, a.k.a. Theory now. Yeah, you're looking great, man. That's like you have a lot of work you get to do around your fucking house. My my backyard and front yard are all dead. It's look, all like there's Gino, no green. Gino, look at this arm. I don't mean to cut you up, but look at this. Podcasters, look at my arm. Oh, my gosh. I look like Scott Steiner at Royal Rumble 2003. Gino... Why don't you do the yard work? That'd be a good exercise. You get a nice tan. You probably get a hat tan, though. I kind of have one of those. I don't really brag about that. But, yeah, why don't you out there gardening, dude, doing man's work? 
And that's something I could like look into, but like right now with well, how our yard is, it's fucking completely brown. There's no green. There's no real grass. There's not really that much growing here. It's just our garden mm. bushes Gino that we got growing ever. food, bro. Get some, get some food, Gino. Uh, have your stepdad drive you to Home Depot. I'm loving Home Depot. So I, I let me finish. My my lawnmower broke, by the way. So I'm a gardener. I don't know if I told you. My lawnmower the other day would not start, and then I checked the oil. There was no oil, so I put more oil in it, and then. There was still no oil, and I was like, "Where the? Why is there no oil?" So I had to go buy more because I just kept pouring oil in there, and the line wasn't going up. So then I bought a big thing of oil, thinking this is a great idea. Put a little more oil in, still wasn't getting any higher, and I was like, "Let me just start this." And then it started, and I was like, "Oh, maybe there is oil in there. I don't know why it's. I don't know why it's not showing up." So then I'm mowing the lawn, right? I'm mowing the. I'm like the Mexi Cools. I'm trying to keep this about wrestling. I'm like Juventud Carrera, and I'm mowing it right, and all of a sudden. Boom, 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 boom. white smoke everywhere suddenly like i'm mordecai i'm trying to keep this about wrestling and there's mordecai smoke blowing everywhere and ralphie's with me and ralphie's like daddy that smells I'm like yeah it does smells pretty pretty awful i don't know what's happening and it smoked for a while i, I mean I, I might as well have been undertaker waiting in my elimination chamber pod if i can keep this about wrestling and then I, I go, I look at the mower and I'm trying to see where the smoke's coming from. And underneath all the white smoke is just a pool of oil. So at some point, it just started dripping oil to the other side of the lawnmower that I wasn't really looking at as I was pouring the, the oil in there. And it was just dripping everywhere, smoke's blowing everywhere. Uh, I mean, I was like Goldberg walking out of the sparks, if I can keep this about wrestling. So. Uh, I decided like I need to buy a new lawnmower and I think I'm going to go electric. You know, I think I'm going to save the environment whilst also working on my lawn whilst also working on my tan. I think, Gina, see when I talk about finding purpose on the Islandish Catholic uh, or even just here on Vleeties or hashtags and headline, find your purpose. Uh, I'm excited to spend $200 on a freaking lawnmower to mow my grass. I, it gives me such joy. And that seems like a very good use of your money, having this electric lawnmower, having a perfect use of this money to be able to know that it's going to be long-lasting, it's going to be beneficial for you and the long-term life for your family and your house. I feel like Sean when I was holding the belt, when Poor he was holding the belt up. Thank you, Thick Swap. Like when Sean was holding the belt up at WrestleMania 12 after beating Bret Hart, and Vince McMahon says, The boyhood dream has come true for Sean Michaels. That's how I felt if I can keep this about wrestling. So uh, I'm very excited. I get a commission check this Thursday. That is going towards a new lawnmower. I cannot wait. Ricardio in the chat. I'm in the Hank Hill stage of my life. I really am. Like I, I grill every freaking day. Uh, I'm, I'm, I am very Hank Hillish right now. I'm raising my son and I'm trying to make him not manly, but manly. You know, I'm trying to, I'm looking at buying a gun. I want to get a Smith and Wesson. I got to get a gun before all these rhinos, you know, all these fake Republicans make it impossible for someone who used to be on Lexapro to buy a gun. And I get that. That's a perfect idea. Get a gun when you can, and hopefully you can legally be able to get, acquire one, not with the illegal ways that we get these people fucking stealing guns. But man, since you brought up Hank Hill, I do want to say that I fucking love the Beavis and Butthead movie that just came out. It's such a good film. Oh, I haven't seen the new Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. Beavis and Butthead, is, it, Be Beavis and Butthead falls into an interesting category because it was such funny humor back then. But with the like some of the sexism stuff that used to just be okay in the late 90s, I can't imagine that stuff working out. Because I watched some movies where I just laugh. At, like I watched Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross not too long ago, and they would just talk about like 
Like one way when one guy was annoying, he was like, what are you being a fag? And I was like, whoa, like you can't just say that out loud now. And back in, in whenever that was the late eighties or nineties, just casually throwing around like, Hey, you know, Hey, you're annoying me. Are you being a fag? Like that was just common speak back then. And we would all go, ha or they even called him a fairy at some point. What are you a fairy? Like, that's not good either. So, Gino, I'm worried about Beavis and Butthead with their cornholios and bungholes. Speaking of bungholes, we're going to talk about the boys later, Gino. There's no way I can hold in boys episode six talk because I'm getting frustrated with this show. I know everybody's like, oh, my gosh, greatest episode ever. This show's so good. I am almost done with this show, Gino. If I see one more dick. If I see one more asshole, I'm done. I'm calling it quits. This is just like when you're watching Raw and you're like, this show is just so boring. I'm watching the boys going, I don't need to see all these assholes. This and we're two episodes away from the finale. This one we're excited for. We could discuss it, but man, this was a great episode. Man, Literal this was assholes. The best not, episode of the season. Let me say, I, I I don't want my words to be construed as like metaphor. I'm not meaning like I don't want to see these assholes like people. I mean like they are literal assholes. Like they're sphincters. I don't want to see rectums. I don't want to see intestines. I'm seeing so much on this show that is very very off putting, and I think even. Uh, What's the guy's name? Kripke, Greg Kripke, whatever the showrunner's name is. He was even saying we would have not gotten away with this episode in season one. You shouldn't have got a, you shouldn't have got away with it now. Why? Why was it relevant to show me the ins? Oh, we put a toilet cam and we're seeing the inside of some guy's asshole. Why is that important to the boys? The importance of the boys is what they wanted to still try to keep true with the whole event that this was hero gasm was supposed to be a big moment because it's a whole six parts of the of a third what's the third omnibus of the entire like comic books so they still want to keep this in they changed it of course because they change a lot of stuff but you they do a good job with it you right see face. look at quigley amazing point in the chat thank you so much for the follow zg uh it's never ever a female like they don't show you any any vagina they don't show you a lady's asshole and there was another guy getting his ass rammed and he even goes oh that's good ass ramming and all i could think about was you gino loving this dumb show now where they have to cram something in some guy's ass every episode and i feel bad for the g-spot because he's not i don't think we've spoiled anything that's relevant to the storyline or the plot but uh, good gosh can we just good golly miss molly can we just chill with the ass stuff the hero gasm had to happen. They had these moments. They were moments yeah, you don't see, but you have the idea of like people, women, getting fucked. Because there's the Iceman ripoff who creates a dildo out of ice to try to jump into a motherfucker's pussy, probably ass as well. So again, there's moments where you can be seen the idea. But yeah, then there's people like Love Sausage where you see his dick for the second time being elongated. Are you like, in, is everyone into this? Is this like... Is this common speak? I know we talked about you were saying ass stuff is very common on Pornhub. And I also, I would like to point out after I brought up, like, I've only been on Pornhub twice this year. I can confirm that. I, like, never go on that site. I've been a whole week. You and I talked last week. That never, that site never came up at all in my life. I didn't watch anyone cook a duck. I didn't watch anyone get anything in their asses until I watched The Boys. Like, this show is really trying to, this is sickening, Gino. Everything's got to be in somebody's ass. But here's the thing, the entire episode, it wasn't all that. That's just, we got that in the climax. But, the, but the doesn't climax. that, like, annoy you, though? Like, this show that doesn't need this gimmick. It doesn't need all the ass stuff. It's just putting it in there to 
to put it in there. I don't know why. I I am so confused why it's so important to the show creator, why it's so important to Amazon to constantly have a dude, a, a hetero cis dude, a cis dude in a lot of these circumstances. There has to be a cis white male with something up his ass, and he has to be enjoying it. It can't be like a... No, 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 I don't want that. Like, no, it's literally like a, oh, yeah, give it to me. This is good ass ramming. Like, that was literally a quote from the show. That was one of the quotes from the show. But in case you're forgetting it, you're being like, oh, why do they show this? That's also like saying, why in the very first episode do we see someone just fucking be vaporized into fucking gore and bits in the very first scene, well, second scene of the first episode? Well, that's... Why do we get all this over-the-top shit? We don't have to see it. We don't have to see a whale get fucking impaled and you just see every bit of its insides. But in some of that is relevant to the story. A-Train running through Robin, that's part, that's integral, spoilers, wow, Gino, that's integral to the story. Having some nameless superhero go, oh, that's good ass ramming, that's not relevant to the storyline. Now, people can argue, well, hero gasm is important to the, what did you call it, the omnibus? What was that word? The, when you have a comic book, there's omnibus, which is a longer, like it's a whole big part of like a store. So there's like multiple omnibuses. So this was like part of it. It was six episodes of the third omnibus. Was oh, okay. So that's what I'm saying. Like, so even if the herogasm is relevant to the omnibus, it was so glossed over and it wasn't relevant or important at all to what actually happened. Like the, the best part of the episode, we'll get into it. So wrestling happened, Gino. Speaking of things in people's asses, that's like a forbidden door. And AEW was all up in our forbidden doors this past weekend. Sunday night, what an amazing time. We were all in the chat. I I was very sleepy during this pay-per-view. I didn't realize how sleepy I could get, Gina. I was so sleepy. Uh, but forbidden door happened live from Chicago, the United Center. They were so hoping CM Punk would be at this fucking thing. Like, AEW only exists to, to be C Like, CM Punk is Homelander. And the AEW audience is that guy who's like, oh, that's good ass ramming. So, Gino, uh, Forbidden Door, j initially, just give me broad strokes. What are your thoughts on the event, the reception from it, wh the fallout? How do you feel being two days removed from Forbidden Door? I'm glad that we're finally through with this curse pay-per-view because even though all the injuries we've had, all the people, there's even like tweets like I have like from Wrestling Purist that had a whole list of all the people injured. Adam Cole wrestled injured. Buddy Murphy was still injured, but he could wrestle. All these fucking names. And then during this pay-per-view, we had three other injuries happen during these matches. I'm just glad that it's over. And hopefully this pay-per-view was the only thing that was cursed and it's not this whole year for AEW that's cursed. No, yeah, there's no way that the whole year the whole year is cursed. Like double or nothing, I remember that being good. Uh especially Hangman Page. But this pay-per-view really was uh I don't know, just boring. Like and and we talk about like in Japan, when you're watching these guys in the Japanese arena, it has a certain feel to it, a certain vibe to it. It's like when you're watching NXT or NXT Black and Gold had a different vibe to it. When you'd watch um like Champa come out in the NXT arena. Everybody's like freaking out. It looks awesome. When he comes out on Raw, you're like, oh, this is kind of weird. You remember when we super kicked you right in the face? Hey, oh, we got a new follower, Rebecca G. I think she might be related to Geezy uh, in a good way, Gino. I don't mean it the way it sounded when I said it out loud. So uh, this pay per view was like, like, just imagine watching, you know, 
even guys from like MLW, imagine them coming out in like a huge arena, not everybody really knowing who they are, them not knowing where cameras are or something, the the, the quality of the, the picture is just different. They tried their best, like Kevin Kelly was on commentary, and you guys were sucking Kevin Kelly's dick. What a fucking nerd and terrible announcer, Gina. Why do you guys like him so much? Kevin Kelly has grown into his own with Dude Japan Pro Wrestling. He is probably one of the best announcers we have today. Excalibur, he's fine. He does a good job calling the moves. But Kevin Kelly knows the story, and he's actually trying to tell us the story that you guys are missing sometimes. <laughs> Having these moments. Like, when I won the best fucking calls, and I forget like exactly what he said, but during the Eddie Kingston Suzuki spot of the six-man tag in the opening match, I loved Kevin Kelly calling this spot, calling this entire match, because he did a good job for this entire show, I feel. You say we don't know Kevin Kelly. You weren't even around when we were watching Sunday Night Heat. I mean, this is the voice of Sunday Night Heat you're talking about here. Like, I know Kevin Kelly. I don't know what – and he sounds just the same. I've been watching him my whole life. I watched Ring of Honor when he was there. I've watched New Japan. So I, I know who Kevin Kelly is. I know that you think that you're hidden in some forbidden door, but I am in that door with you a lot more than you think. Gino plus I have the longevity when Gina was uh, Gina when John Gina was on raw this past week and he was talking about oh uh wait what's this say you're not a real lawyer University of America small for Christ's sakes an online course what a joke what are all these things okay but Gino um John Cena he's a wrestler he was coming out and he was talking about I've been wrestling for 20 years I was like no he hasn't like there's no way he's been wrestling I'm only 31 years old there's no way I've watched a 20-year career of John Cena. Uh, but no, I have. Oh, my gosh. I have. John Cena is uh, has been wrestling for 20 years, and I watched all of it. I watched the SmackDown where he came out and said, ruthless aggression. I watched all that. We had John Cena toys. It was insane. And, like, just, just the, the, the more I've watched wrestling, yeah. I mean, I've seen these Kevin Kellys come and go. I've seen... Uh, Michael Cole. Oh my gosh! I remember, I remember when he showed up with his mustache. He looked terrible. Uh, but yes, you know. Oh my gosh! You're not a real lawyer. At university is he? Is he talking shit? I worked my ass off to get where I am, and you take these shortcuts. And you think suddenly you're my peer. You do what I do because you're funny, and then you make people laugh. I committed my life to this. You don't slide into the cheap pair of slippers and then reap all the rewards. Ladies with a law degree is like a chimp with a machine gun. What does that mean? Did I say something to to, to Dix for life that ruined this? I think this? it's just a lame like copy pasta. I don't know because it was also like a larger post earlier in it that I saw. It was like, is this just copy pasta? Some person's trying to put it to save ladies instead of whoever it's really focused about. Oh, maybe because like he's also talking about the boys previously. Dix, we're best friends. All right, I love that you posted that. What an amazing thing. And yes, with a law degree, I am like a chimp with a machine gun. Uh, we're just, we spray and pray, my friend. We spray and we pray. So I didn't watch the pre show. So I didn't know there was a pre show. I'm, I'm scrolling through these results. So many matches, Gino. This is insane. Uh, a lot of stuff, though, that I'm glad I missed. Like, I, because I was already exhausted by the time I got to Forbidden Door just for my day. So I can't imagine trying to sit through the factory. QT Marshall and Aaron Solo versus Chaos. Like, that sounds terrible. Uh, Lance Archer versus Nick Camarado. That sounds terrible. Um, I mean, this seems like an episode of Dark. Was it, Were any of these good? I, and I didn't mind the fucking, what was it, the Ass Boys and Max Caster against uh, 
what were they? We were just Dally Dojo guys, just jobber guys. They did a good job. Bill Gunn was able to do all his stuff. The one and only, the fame master. We hit the mic drop finish. And then we had, like, I didn't mind Goto and Yoshihashi, but that's because I'm just a fan of Goto. And Yoshihashi, he's grown on me after when he had, like, his entrance when he had a big stick and he just was based for having a giant stick. Sweet. Yeah, no interest in seeing that. Um, university. Oh, looks like the reason you suck speech. That's a that's a thing. Where is that from? That's from Better Call Saul. I've never watched Better Call Saul. Do you know? Am I missing out? I, and I feel you are. Like that's like after the boys were finished with this in the next two episodes, then we watched Better Call Saul. All right, Super. that's gonna be our new show. Is the Better Call Saul podcast? We'll call it the Saul Cast because Boys Cast debuts tonight. I mean, there's no hashtags and headlines. I'm really sad. I'm like unbelievably sad. I wish Geezy was here. But he's not, Gio, and you're doing a great job. Don't don't let me saying that deter you. Oh, my gosh. Main event kicks off, Gino. There's a big DraftKings advertisement. How much did you wager? I was not able to wager anything. I decided not to go with DraftKings this year. Just like I, I, I never go with that many event because the whole thing is it's a pool. So you have to go like with the exact number, like which booth is going to be hit, how many times this is going to be hit, who's going to go for the cover. And then if you were lucky enough to get all those numbers right, you might get like $8. Do you, do, you had to be around. Do you remember when WWE was doing fantasy? Like they tried to do a fantasy like draft on Raw and SmackDown and you would get your guys. And I remember there was one week where my buddy drafted Kane and it was a week where Kane like beat the shit out of somebody with a steel chair and he got like a hundred points. I just thought, what the fuck is this? It was this weird, like they, the scoring system they had was so silly, but it also felt rigged after that chair thing. Like every week there was a big, so-and-so would do something to spike one one player or one wrestler's fantasy points for the week. I can't wager on wrestling because even if you're in Vegas, aren't you just like leaning towards Tony Khan? Like, hey, a lot of, a lot of money going on Hangman Page here. Let's put CM Punk over. Keep the winnings. Like, that, like this is what it felt. That's how it feels like when I'm trying to gamble on wrestling. But Gino, there's a trios match to open the show. Now I do like how they were promoting blood and guts during this whole time because they are they did double book themselves a little bit. You brought up how a lot of the guys are injured. We just had this massive build up to double or nothing. Then we had three or four weeks to get to Forbidden Door. We have blood and guts. We're doing so much, and we have to. We have to keep making each event feel like it's huge and that it's epic. This is the complete anti-WWE. Like, WWE is forgot that they have a Money in the Bank pay-per-view this weekend. Like, they were, oh, Roman and Brock for SummerSlam is going to do huge numbers. What about Money in the Bank? What is that? Like, they forgot that they had that there. We put ladder matches on it. Yeah, but it's like a three-hour show. You got to put more on the show. Uh, let's do two Money in the Banks. We're already doing that. Hmm. Like WWE is so focused on premium live events and not even that anymore. They're just focused on the, the I guess the three majors. I wouldn't even say Survivor Series is a major anymore. Like it, it's Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam. Wait for those three, maybe something in Saudi Arabia, but oh my gosh. So okay, so we got blood and guts coming up. Uh we have a six-man tag with Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, your boy Minoru Suzuki. And then Kingston, Shota, Umino, and Wheeler, Utah. Uh, I was watching this on Kevin's feed. Uh, amazing time, always. Everybody, watch pay-per-views with us. Way more fun. Although people pretend that Jim Ross sucks. It's like, remember that one time, Gino, I got mad at you for like, you, Gangrel was wrestling. You were like, Gangrel is a legend. I want to watch Gangrel. Jim Ross is a legend, you fucks. 
He can say whatever he wants out there. And he is a legend, but at the same time, like, this is a match going on. You should care about this match. And I was just like, I hope JR is not going to be calling the Will Ospreay fucking juice. I had orange casting match because he's going to be like, it's just two juice guys. There's a fucking Ospreys, and he'll like go, they'll he fucking mess up his name and he'll say orange. So it's going to be like the two juices because he won't care about the match. JR, sometimes he cares. But then there's times where you're like, oh, JR, just, he's just here to do it. He doesn't care. Wasn't that like the he match was. he ended up doing? Was the, the Osprey <laughs> yes, match? Yes, he did end up calling that match. And he, he called was, the last three matches. It kind of was like, oh. And he was JR awesome. Uh, well, and I liked him in the Osprey match because they were trying to go through the backstory and talk about the Juice Robinson stuff that wasn't really explained well by Kevin Kelly as he was your favorite trying to explain it. And Jim Ross goes, how about we focus on the match in the damn ring? I was like, thank God Jim Ross is here because these fucking nerds are all forgetting what's kayfabe, what's real. We don't even know for sure. And Jim Ross is like, I'm going now. I'm paid to call the damn match. So I'm going to I'm going to watch what's in the ring. You guys will call whatever the hell you want. You talk about what's going to happen at Dominion or Grand Slam. All right. We're here to talk about some wrestling. So I was all about Jim Ross getting these nerds to shut the fuck up so we could watch some some real wrestling like uh, Orange Cassidy. So uh, Jericho, Guevara, and Minoru won that six-man tag. It was kind of obvious. No offense to Eddie Kingston, but I think Jericho called it perfectly. Like, oh, Kingston's on a pay-per-view? He's losing. Like, even when he beat Jericho, it's like that was Jericho trying to do him a favor. Kingston's not winning no matches. I mean, especially like when the commentator said, like, oh, this match is going to determine who has the advantage for blood and guts. I'm like, oh, yeah, so the baby faces will not win because they never should yeah. have the advantage. It always should be the heel that has the advantage in the War Games match. So it's like, okay, so yeah, Jericho wins. Was, it was awesome. That fucking juice effect hit on Shooter was fucking sick. The was there ever a time ever. where that didn't, where that wasn't the case? Because, yeah, it's always the heels have two guys beating up one and three guys beating up two, four guys beating up three. It wouldn't make sense if there were two baby faces just beating the shit out of a heel unless it was like the Mexicals trying to beat up the great Kali if we can keep this about wrestling. So, yeah, that was it was a fine trios match. I don't know. I got up and, like, did some chores during it. I didn't give a fuck. Um, as far as the trios go, because I know you're a big trios guy, were you just happy to see Suzuki and Jericho? Like, for you, was this like a fun, this is what Forbidden Door is all about, baby? When we, I got to see that moment where Suzuki gets tagged in and we have Eddie Kingston and Suzuki just back and forth chopping, fucking forearming each other, stiff shots, even though, yes, we are supposed to protect Suzuki, Eddie Kingston fucking with some really sick-ass chops to try to fucking kill Suzuki was sick. I loved it. All right, well, I'm glad one of us liked it. Let's move on to the next match. We had a winner-take-all for the IWGP Tag Team Championship and Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship. IWGP Tag Team Champions, the United Empire, Jeff Cobb and Great O'Conn taking on the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, FTR, taking on Gino. What is Rapongi? I ask you this every time. What does Rapongi Vice mean? Rapongi is a city in Japan, and Vice is like Miami Vice. Oh, my God. I hate these guys. I love Trent Beretta and Rocky Romero. Them as a tag team calling themselves Rapongi Vice is like the most douchebaggery thing that exists in the world. So, Gino, this was a trio six-man. Um, how do you think it went? This triple threat match, I feel, went well. The issue that I do did have, and it was, this showed like how this pay-per-view risk curse is that Dax actually separated or like dislocated shoulder. Thankfully, it was he was able to come back to finish the match afterward. But like in the middle of it, he like was having to be taken out and went to the back. So I was like, oh, this is a real injury. We we found out it is. So I'm like, oh, 
this pay-per-view is a real cursed fucking event, and hopefully everything's good. He seems to be fine. He was able to finish the match. They had this big spot, and I just like that you mentioned how, like, MLW guys showing up. We had Matanza here, so I was like, this is an MLW <laughs> guy. At least one MLW showing up in fucking the Forbidden Door was sick. Well, even when lost. Matanza showed up, he ripped off his clothes, and they were like, that's Jeff Cobb! And they said it in Jericho's voice. Because uh, I And this might have been where all of the the mystique of Forbidden Door wore off immediately for me. Because watching Jeff Cobb and Great Okan and then Rapungi Vice, I guess that's a New Japan tag team that I've seen enough of in AEW. All of it was just kind of, wow, am I watching? Like, it was an indie show. It felt like something I paid $10 to go see at the Southern Junction in Irving, Texas. Like, this wasn't any special. I've watched Triple Threat tag matches with the heartthrobs. And... I just watched this thinking, oh, this is kind of weak. And it was, it, it, they gave it time and had like 20 minutes. And even when it was over, I just thought, oh, so FTR just won? So I, I, I don't know. I, maybe there's big plans for FTR, obviously. They're Ring of Honor champs. Tony Khan just dropped some new Ring of Honor merch today. So obviously there are some plans with Ring of Honor. This is a good way to keep FTR on top as your tag team in the Ring of Honor and New Japan division. Meanwhile, the Young Bucks are the AEW tag champs. I understand what the goal is and what they're trying to do with FTR, but having them just beat Great Okan and Jeff Cobb, and why was Rapungi Vice the extra team in there? I, whatever, Gino, I, I didn't like this one bit. I think it kind of ruined the whole show for me. And we talk about how matches are kind of set up and, and how do you lay out a pay-per-view. Having a, a trios and then a like two big a six man match and then another six man match just was too much for me I think I didn't mind it at all like I I was surprised in all honesty that FTR won because FTR are also the AAA tag team champions so I'm like they can't win because the whole CMLL New Japan shit they don't want to have a AAA tag team win and they did I was like but thankfully, they made sure on the pay-per-view, don't show the AAA titles. Don't show it because you can't talk about AAA. Don't mention AAA. They didn't. So that was good. Until the scrub where they were free to talk about AAA. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Thank you, Ticks for Life. Yeah, uh, well, this is the forbidden door, Gino. So even though things that you're not supposed to do certain things, you can forbidden door it. You can put a camera in the toilet and look up at some guy's asshole at this pay-per-view. This is the forbidden door. Uh, Tony Schiavone interviews Juice Robinson and Jay White. Can you defend Juice Robinson? Doesn't he suck? Isn't he the worst? Listen, he's not as good as we all hope he is, but I enjoy Juice <laughs> Robinson. I enjoy rock hard Juice Robinson. He's great. He's one of the best they have because he's the only guy who, who get in New Japan who makes sense why he's trying to go for this title that he still has because he never fake relinquished the title even though he had to have surgery. But he's hopefully going to come back. He's going to beat the hell out of Will Ospreay and rip retain the title that he never lost i think he sucks i liked him in fin juice because he was just sort of the he was just the dancing one while david finley was fit finley's son and i and i didn't like him in wwe when he was cj parker i didn't like him when he was you know saying fuck and kevin was like so excited and i was like no kevin he still sucks he's just saying fuck like wrestlers say fuck in njpw they do what they want because the kids in japan understand hey they don't talk like that you're a kid in America, it's like, I'm going to say fuck at skill. Um, I'm going to say fuck all I want. You better pay attention. Orange Cassidy's in the ring. So, yeah, um, I hate Juice Robinson. This really, like, in watching all of this, it felt like 
hey guys, you should try and watch New Japan. And then it felt like the New Japan guys were like, we need to put on our best show. We need to really go all in. We got to go over the top. We're going to get these Americans to love us. And I left kind of, I, I loved who I already loved. It's kind of, because even watching, uh, even Kevin not liking Jay White, I was like, Jay White is by far the best performer on this stupid show. So, okay. Inaugural AEW All-Atlantic Championship match. Gina, what are your thoughts on this title? Because we haven't really talked. Oh, the All-Atlantic Championship. How do you feel about that? Well, we have an All-Atlantic title, and we had a representation of New Japan because that's in the Atlantic Japan, I guess now it's Atlantic. It makes perfect sense if you don't think about it, especially because it has the Japanese flag on it because it's Atlantic. So, yes, we had four men, and one of them was supposed to be Ishii, and sadly he got injured, but thankfully Clark Connors was able to fill in, and he ended up being like the, yes, no one expected. When he pulled off some big moments, we were like, oh, he did a good job. But, yeah, we knew it was going to be an AEW star winning, so it was like kind of disappointing. That we do was narrowed down to three people. Well, I was rooting for Pac, so it was kind of nice. Uh, this, uh, in all honesty, now you know, we're going to go through the rest of the matches. This might be my favorite match of the night uh, because it, it kind of didn't have the force. Because even having Clark Connors in there instead of Ishii felt, oh, okay, this is just a, a fatal four-way with four young wrestlers. Let's see what happens. It wasn't any force like, oh, this is a legend from Japan. Oh, this guy's really big news in Japan. It was just four guys who put on a pretty good match with the least amount of story for the dumbest title. The All-Atlantic Championship with the Japanese flag, which is a country in the Pacific Ocean. Today, was it ever explained why it's called this? Did Tony Khan at the scrum say, it's All-Atlantic because... We're headquartered in Jacksonville. That's in the Atlantic Ocean. We we pay a lot of homage to 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 Mid Atlantic Wrestling. We love Bill Watts. Like, why would they call it this? Again, I have no idea why they called this it, but I did enjoy this match. It upset me that Pac won because I was really hoping that Miro would have a belt again. So hopefully, maybe this is just saying that since Miro did not get pinned, he's gonna go for the world title. Yeah, I think well, Miro's character. I love the whole like my God stuff, but. He he's on he's on Cody Island. He's not even in like a relevant. He's not in a faction, which always hurts you in AEW. And he's nowhere near like oh I can be fighting for the world title, especially now that we have interim champions. Like who knows what the next step in the game is? But uh, I would like to see Miro be doing more. And Kevin said the most important and relevant thing ever. I think during the stream, what happened to Lana? She looks terrible. I don't know what happened with CJ Perry, and I have no idea what's happened with the whole Authors of Pains promotion, like when their events got where we have CJ Perry versus. Oh Nina my Fini. gosh, when is that? Did that get canceled? That got pushed back, but I don't know if they made a new date for that event yet or not. Oh my so, god. Yeah, we get to look forward to her coming back to the ring with Lee Defendi. It's eventually. the it's the Bitcoin crash, right? Like crypto crashed, all their NFTs became worthless. And it was, well, we were going to pay Braun Strowman with all this fake money, but it's not working out. I have crypto. When I said fake money, I meant crypto money, Gino. Um, yeah, in the chat, Lana was never hot. I disagree. When she was coming out with those short red skirts and the, the red suit, uh, she looked so freaking good. I was, like, shocked that they found this person. And as I don't mean to be this guy, Gino. Maybe it is with age. Maybe it's just with – maybe she's getting fillers or something done to her face. But she's no longer the ravishing Russian. And she might not be, but this was an amazing four-way match. Miro should have won, but hopefully he will evict God. He will take back his kingdom and be the new home leader of 
So God's house. I have no idea what the whole story is that he wants to evict God now because God left him. I, I always wonder how your brain works. So, like, he should have one. Like, that's how you, like, so I'm giving you full control of AEW. You wouldn't even have this stupid title exist, but you think he should have won the stupid title? He should win a title. He should still be TNT champ, if anything. He sadly got hurt for that one period of time, so he had to lose it. But I was like, he should never lose a belt. He should not be losing matches. Miro is too good, and people forget how good he is because they're just like, oh, they just see Rusev now. No, he's Miro. He's better than Rusev ever was. Who are people? You always do that. People say this. Kevin. Like, Kevin hates Miro. Okay. And I hate that people hate Miro. One guy doesn't like Miro. Miro could be the next Rock. He's just wasting time in AEW. Should have stayed in WWE. Should have had another affair with Bobby Lashley. They should have had a gay twist. If they'd done that, they would have been during Pride Month. Would have been great. Um, they had one gay twist, but yeah, they should have had a double twist where then we found out Rusev and Bobby Lashley were together when Lana was. Yeah. Right no. So Pac should have won if I can be you. Pac's been there since day one. Down since day one ish. He just was such it's day such, two. It's such a good fit for him to to be a champion in this company. He's too small to be their world champion. He's never going to be their TNT champion. Give this guy a belt that he can just go out and have kick-ass 15-minute matches on Dynamite. Like That's all this belt's going to be is, hey, you want to watch a good wrestling match real quick? Because Scorpio Sky's got the other belt. I don't know what the hell we're doing with that. And then Scorpio's hurt. Who's who's the champ then? Scorpio Sky's hurt, but he's still champion. Oh, okay. Well, that, since that belt's dying a slow death, we might as well bring in a new belt. Uh, one that can, one that could be defended all over the globe in the Atlantic, and Pac's a great champion for that. I think he's just gonna have good matches with with whoever he wants. Miro, we already got to see. I'm dominant TNT champion. Miro should be going for the world championship. Like, there's no reason why he should slum it. Because in my head, this is the European championship. So the T, the TNT title is the Intercontinental title, and the WWF title is the AEW title. Anything so for Miro to win the All Atlantic would be a weird step back. Like when when Chris Benoit is the European champion, like it makes no sense. And I can see that. That's why hopefully we will see Miro just kick the shit out of Moxley eventually, and then we're gonna have CM Punk versus Miro. I think that would be a sick match. Yeah, I would like to see that match. We got to. We'll figure it out. We'll get there. The Bullet Club, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, El Fantasmo. El Fantasmo had his best match that I've seen. Got to be honest. I hate him, but he had a pretty – this was his best match ever. Uh, versus the Dudes with Attitudes. Um, stupid name for, for Sting, and Darby, and Shingo Takagi. Takagi's a star, by the way. We all knew that, former champion. Uh, this, was a, this was a good match, too. So I guess maybe this was the first – I, I mean, Clark Connors, whatever. But this was the first, like, oh, this is a the New Japan thing because it had El Fantasmo, who's pretty much exclusive to NJPW, and it had Shingo Takagi, former champion. So this was a really good match. This was the best six-man. Sting fucking rules, by the way. I know whenever Sting has these matches, you don't like it. Oh, he's burying the younger talent. Sting fucking rules. He's like a supernatural undertaker. Now, this is clearly building to Forbidden Door 2, AEW versus WWE, Taker Sting. What a match, you know. Sting rules. He does rule, but this is what I'm looking forward to. You're talking about this inhuman shit. We need PCO versus Sting. That'd be the greatest match we've ever seen. You don't think you want to see it until you see it. You realize these two legends are finally going to be at it. These two inhuman monsters. One that is not human anymore. One that just tries to be like the other. But he's never going to be like PCO. PCO is going to be the greatest. 
I think Sting should go for that title now that you're saying it out loud. Sting versus Mox. Like we're not too late. Are we too late to give Sting this big push? He's having he's having best matches. He wrestles once a quarter, but that's all we need. It is true. That is what we need. We have Shingo is able to help carry this match with Darby, able to take these big spots. And we had Hikaleo on the backside because, sadly, Hiromu, the time bomb, was not able to be there, which is sad because he got sick. Why not well, move somebody else to this match? That's a good point. Like, Hikaleo's just on the outside. Why not like go to this pre-show that held this bullshit on it and just decide, hey, you know what? Why don't we move – who's the baby face? Let's move uh, – Let's move chaos. Let's put chaos and one of the guys from chaos, Takagi, Sting, and Darby, or something. Like why, why, why Hikaleo's on the outside like an idiot? Or was there no well, more New Japan guys that could help? It's because like the whole thing is you don't want to like mix the stables because you have Shingo Takagi a part of Lij. You don't want to fucking mix Lij with Chaos because then you wouldn't be explaining the story right. Well, then get Roosh out there. Roosh is part of Lij. Get Roosh. He's part of the other Lij, the fake Lij. That I do hate that. That's another big issue. Like that's I wanted so badly us to have Roosh and Andrade in the fucking Forbidden Door pay per view against Naito and Sonata, so we could have Lij versus Lij. But because we'll see MLL Triple A shit, we can't do it. Yeah, but I'm just saying we have Jay Lethal. Wasn't he? He was in the foundation. But we have guys from Lij. You know, I don't know why we can't just throw some of our Lij brethren in there, like Roosh, uh, like who else is in that? Bandito. He wasn't in that. Who was in the? Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Well, that's a different Lij. That's like the Lij and Triple <laughs> is not the same Lij as Los Ingobernables, Ingobernables de Japón in Japan. Okay. All right. Naito's I'm, one is different than fucking Andrade's one. Where was Naito? Why isn't he wrestling at this thing? I think it's maybe they couldn't work out a deal with like setting that up because they will give with Akata, but they were maybe like, we'll give you our biggest star, but not our second biggest. Because also, like, Busha, I was wondering like, why he wasn't here, but there was whole shit that came up recently with him to basically fucking lighting in JPW on fire with all the shit that he was talking about. So, like, who knows about Naito? If he like had some issues, or if they just couldn't come, or if he was even sick, who knows? But Naito, I do wish he was able to show. Are we getting Kenta versus CM Punk at um, Wrestle Kingdom? Is that kind of the goal? Because it wasn't even. It's been teased a little bit by Punk. It's just been ignored by everyone else. So I'm wondering if we're doing a very slow build, and eventually we're going to get to like a major event. Now. Uh, what's the next big AEW event? What's the one in October? That is all out. All out. Yeah, <laughs> like all out could be there. It could be at uh, full gear, but Wrestle Kingdom could be a big showing for AEW. And what bigger like AEW match to have on your card than Punk versus Kenta? Like, is that what? There, is there another? Obviously, there's got to be another NJPW thing I'm forgetting. When When is Dominion? Why is that the only other one I can name? I don't know why that's the only one you can name, but yeah, we have Wrestle Kingdom is their biggest event that does take two days now, even three days, Great. actually. So who knows how this is going to go this year. But one thing I do hope, and someone did bring it up in chat, I didn't really see who, but even Kingston, I think, or Mox talked about that he wanted to see soon because the whole Forbidden Door, if we do get a second one, to have Sting and Muda in a tag team and someone else thinking brought up just have a real two the dudes with attitude again 
but with like Sting and Muda. Came out. I forget who exactly came up with like fantasy book of this idea, but I was like, that'd be sweet. Sting and Muda versus, Muda versus Nash and HPK. That'd be fucking so sick. Dudes of attitudes versus the two dudes with attitude. I think that would be an amazing tag team match. Speaking of amazing, probably. So as I was watching this, this was my match of the night at this point. Thunder Rosa, Tony Storm. I was so bored with like the first two matches. I liked the Fatal Four Way. I'm glad Pac won. That was more of just Pac winning, other than the you know not really like oh an amazing match. But I thought Thunder Rosa tore it up, dude. I know we shit on her all the time. I know she doesn't. She's you know she. I hear she's hard to work with, and there's all this negativity surrounding Thunder Rosa. Tony Storm, another former WWE girl, just getting pushed to the front. Uh, oh, you hey, you just got here. Want a title shot? Like, just completely shitting on their women's division. Meanwhile, Statlander is learning sign language, trying to get over, and they're not pushing her. So, this was a – but I thought for everything I just said, this was a good match. Really good stuff. Shocking victory having Thunder Rosa keep the belt. Uh, but this is another big win. So, she's beating, like, Tony Storm, Serena Deeb, Nyla. Are we, are we building towards her versus, like, I don't know, Jade? I have no idea who we're building up towards, but this was a really good match. Tony Storm was a really good wrestling opponent for her. They did work well together, and I do feel because when Tony also talked in the scrum that the issue why we couldn't get someone from stardom is because they have leash issues. There's no way for us to get anybody there. So it technically was fine that we had Tony and Thunder because technically Tony has history in stardom. So, like, so that is still a kind of forbidden door match because it's a stardom wrestler versus a AEW wrestling, they're both AEW stars now. Is that really a good match? That's what you were focused on the whole time? You're like, this is not Forbidden Door material. This is Dynamite material. Yes, that's part of me. I was like, I had like suspend my disbelief, just accept, okay, Tony is formerly part of Stardom, so I was like, okay, this is technically fine with me because I wanted these interpromotional matches to just have interpromotional matches. But Stardom is an NJPW. I know we always get into that. Like They have like a working relationship, but it's not the same company njpw should be canceled for being sexist if anything so this was a great match thunder rosa kept the belt which was shocking uh she looked very good i loved her attire gino if i can be sexist uh and then the united states heavyweight championship match osprey orange cassidy easily matched the night so freaking good orange cassidy and i was i even said this like last week I, I like we've already seen him versus Pac. We've already seen silly Orange Cassidy doing dumb shit while the real wrestler tries to beat him up. But this was a better version of it in a lot of ways. And there was a title on the line, which Orange Cassidy had no business competing for, but he almost won. And uh, Jim Ross did an amazing job on commentary. I don't know what's going to be harder, the, the, the time off or just the ring rush in general. Uh, it's probably that ring rust. He was so good during this match. Amazing work by a legendary Hall of Fame announcer, uh, Jim Ross. Uh, I know that we love Kevin fucking Kelly, but thank God Jim Ross was here to save this fucking B pay-per-view. So, amazing match. You know, what was your favorite part? Did you like the Hidden Blade? I do like that we gave fucking orange guys this big moment where he was he'll kick out the hidden blade but he couldn't and no one ever should kick out a stormbreaker stormbreakers one of the best finishers in wrestling and i love that we did get like a counter in earlier for the stormbreaker but then orange cassidy gets pinned with the stormbreaker will osprey again is one of the best wrestlers right now and i'm looking forward to the, the years from now when we're gonna like look back and see will osprey jay white whose career really will end up being the bigger career in the end 
Oh yeah, I guess I guess because they even mentioned that like Kenny Omega left New Japan and he kind of dubbed Osprey and Jay White as the future or whatever, however he phrased it, and he and he's right. I mean, those are the two guys because you know Finn Balor, AJ Styles, Sh- Shinsuke, even like people leave New Japan and they kind of okay new new era of New Japan. Except Tanahashi, that fucker's there the whole time. That's why he's the ace. So, and I agree, like. For for us American viewers, you know, like we we tuned in to see Kenny Omega. That was the only I would sit through uh, Harry Smith and Lance Archer tag team matches, and then I would get to enjoy Kenny Omega matches. So th- that's how New Japan kind of works. So for the uh, the gaijin, the white people like us, Osprey and Jay White, we got two to choose from, and it's always going to be a, a, a who do you prefer? Because Kevin likes Will Ospreay. I am not a big fan of Will Ospreay. My feet go here. This goes here. I have to do this spot. Let me do this. Uh, Jay White just feels a little more edgy to me. Like, And by edgy, I mean like edge. He just looks like edge a little bit. I like how he wrestles. Uh, I like the way he talks. He looks good in a plain white tee. He checks every box. Like Will Ospreay seems like I need to have the airbrush tights. I need to have a big jacket. I got to have cool hair. Uh, like everything he does is so forced where Jay White's just cool. Does that make sense? I mean, it does, but I mean, I'm a big fan of both of them and having the whole history they've already had right now, both of them in New Japan, having Jay White being the kind of the real belt collector, being the only true, what was it, fucking Grand Slam champion? Because he's won everything but the G1, I think also will is close to winning everything but the g1 so this year is gonna be a big g1 climax we're gonna find out who will be the real future that's like 2022 that's like next month the g1 isn't it yeah next one's the g1 it's an even big g1 because we have lance arch is gonna be there jonah's gonna be there all these big names <laughs> don't say tom lance waller arch. our guy filthy tom it's gonna be great lance archer is is is, is pat i think it's over like he there was the excitement of him coming to aew but we've we've already we've already big showed him. He's already gone face heel, face heel. We don't know what we're doing because he's just sort of as a placeholder. Hey, you're tall. Uh, he kind of stinks. So I'm glad he's going to the G1 to put over Will Osprey um, and Jay White and Jeff Cobb. So we'll see how that goes. This was a really good match. Will Osprey obviously gets the dub, and we're building towards him versus Juice in some sort of G1 climax match. I like Quigley in the chat. Trying to care about NJPW is a hell of a thing. It really is hard. Like there, there's some of this that I really enjoy. I like Tanahashi. He's like one of my favorites. But even Kevin is like he's kind of out of shape and doesn't look very wrestler-y. None of these guys looked wrestler-y compared to the other wrestlers. Like, even Lance Archer isn't that in shape when he's next to other wrestlers now that I'm watching it. So, Gino, amazing match. <clears throat> now, this match kind of sucked. Now, I'm sure you enjoyed this. Uh, but Zack Sabre Jr., ZSJ, big fan of ours. Oh, Shibata came out. Forgot to mention, that part was cool when Shibata came out. Because that's the guy that almost died, right? Didn't he have the brain aneurysm? Yes, he almost died. He almost was not able to wrestle again. Even Dave Meltzer was saying earlier on, like when we found out about the hematoma, that he was possibly never going to come back. And he was able to for wrestling this year. And now he's been wrestling. And he's going to be having this big match. Hopefully with Will Ospreay before he fights Juice Robinson for that U.S. title. Juice Robinson still holds. That was a cool moment. The crowd popped. We all popped in the chat. Shibata rules. We remember Wrestle Kingdom. ZSJ versus Claudio Cagstignoli. You called it. You knew it was going to be Cesaro. I thought it was going to be a huge letdown. I thought it was going to be Kip Sabian. Uh, I, I really was not expecting Cesaro to come out. 
Uh, he came out wearing tights, you know, just mixing it up a little bit. New look for Cesaro. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. showed up looking like he just had a couple hot dogs on a stick at the mall. Uh, and then they told me he's a big technical wrestler. Now, he did do some cool moves and cool pinfalls, but uh, come on. Claudio sh should have just buried this fucking dweeb. Uh, what would you think? Did you like this match? I ended up really enjoying this match. Yes, you, there were people trying to fucking disregard this match, make it seem like it doesn't count, it doesn't care, that Zack Sabre Jr. just sucks. I was able to enjoy this, and they had to do this all on the fly because we were all hoping and praying and believing that we were going to get Brian Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr., which would have been a better match where we would have had full technical wrestling. On the fly? This was announced on, like, they knew this was going to happen. Brian's been hurt for weeks. They knew they had Cesaro ready to go, like, this wasn't an on-the-fly, oh, my God. This wasn't uh, X-Pac no-showed bound for glory. What do we do? Like, no, this was this – was, Daniel's been hurt for a couple weeks. Who are we going to get to face ZSJ? Cesaro's available. Uh, Gargano's available. And then there's one guy in the room going, hey, you know, we still have Kip Sabian wearing a box at ringside. Ah, no. Why would you even think of Kip Sabian when there's other people that would have been better? Like, I, all honestly, like, when I was thinking, like, there's Claudio, there's Johnny, I was even thinking, we have Thatcher, we have Biff Busick. These guys could also have, like, really good tactical wrestling matches with him, and they both would kind of fit for the Blackpool Combat Club because they also will have to be a part of the Blood and Guts match. So yeah, but, like, but Wheeler, fit Wheeler Yuta doesn't fit as, like, technical masterpiece. I mean, he does now. So, for all we know, Kip Sabian shows up, and suddenly he's doing sharpshooters, and we're like, whoa, this guy's technical. But I, I really – I don't know why everything in AEW has to be – we're bringing somebody from the outside. Like, Four everything they do. Just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Thank you, Thicks for Life. And, yeah, somebody does – Bring somebody brought that up at some point. Maybe Steve or Larson, but eventually they're gonna. Or maybe Raj. Somebody brought this up. Uh, eventually they're gonna run out of that. They're gonna run out of hey wrestler that isn't with our company that you've heard of though shows up and does a big thing. They're gonna run out of that eventually. They they we talk about building star stars organically. They just bring in CM Punk and he's beating everybody. And hey, I took seven years off, but I wrestled at the real company, so I'm I'm legit. Don't worry about me. Even somebody like Darby has to put over CM Punk. And uh, look at look at Tony Storm getting shotgun to the front. It it's this the, in my head. AEW has so many freaking guys. So when you just blatantly, you know what? We have a lot of talent on this roster, but we also have Claudio now. Put him in the show and. And this is another reason why this match stunk. Claudio is not losing in his debut. If you show me, oh, it's just Kip Sabian, they repackaged him, I think he's he, there's a chance he might lose. There was no way Claudio was losing to ZSJ. And I do agree with that, and that's why, like, yeah, it's good that we got this match, even though, like, I do wish it was something different. I do wish it was maybe just Blood and Guts, we got Claudio, and maybe we have someone else fight ZSJ. But we are going to have Claudio here. I'm excited for the future because besides Blood and Guts this Wednesday, we do know that Death Before Dishonor is happening next month. So we're going to see what Tony Khan is going to do for Ring of Honor. And I'm hoping if they do keep it with Claudio and have him Ring of Honor, maybe because they might need someone for the tag team title match, have FTR versus Claudio and Chris Hero. I, w I need you to stop saying we know this is happening. I need sometimes you are breaking news to me, Gino. That's news to me. I didn't know there was a Ring of Honor pay per view next month. We're doing too many pay per views. We got to slow down. What is this, WWE? 
And Dakota says match didn't stunk. Claudio rules. I, my another big issue for me is just I he's not losing that debut, so the suspense of who's gonna win just kind of ruins it. Remember when Kevin Owens beat John Cena in like his debut in the WWE? Like that was a huge. I did not see that coming. Holy shit! And none of that existed here. Like I knew Claudio was gonna win. There was no doubt. So when you're watching Saber Junior put on, and it wasn't like Orange Cassidy who I thought was gonna lose. He ended up having some moments where. I, why doesn't he just win? Who gives a shit at some belt that isn't even at ringside? So why not do, yeah, like you were saying, orange juice, and that could just happen on Dynamite. Juice can beat him really fast, and then it leads to Osprey versus Juice at Dominion. Uh, I don't know. Just who, who gives a shit? So, but. I mean, I ended up enjoying the match. I, I do agree that Zack Sabre actually, there was no chance he was going to win, but I enjoyed this match from beginning to end, especially the finish where we had Claudio paying some respect to Brody by having the big discus Larry at first and then right into Ricola bomb as some of their spots used to be back in the day when they fought each other. But that's his move though. That's always been his move because he's the Swiss Superman. And Rico he didn't always do discus Lariat. No, no, no. He no. did the Swiss uppercut, but I'm saying he did discus first, which would get pay respect to Brody and then right into Ricola I meant the Ricola bomb. I meant the finish, okay? I know there was a clothesline. And you Both think moves were the finish. Yeah, it's but a the, two spot. But finish. he's always done the Ricola bomb is what I was trying to tell you. But the discus. Yes, but he won with the Ricola bomb. So I don't know why you're arguing. The disc. Oh my! Oh well, Austin kicked him in the stomach first. He did the kick to the stomach, and then the stunner. And then the stunner. And then the whippers. Gino, this is where people stop talking. This is where people stop going. Why did? Why do you let Gino on? Okay, Gino. I wish Geezy was here. Oh my gosh, there was a fatal four-way match, Gino, and this is really another part of the show where I just felt, oh man, this sucks. Okada felt like such a big deal. Hangman Page, my favorite. Adam Cole, tiny. Uh, Jay White, one of my favorites. F- is it, was it enough? Was it having too many Fatal Four Ways, too many multi man matches? This just was a mishmash of bullshit. Like this was not good. I mean, it was just kind of like how a New Japan show would be. We have like multi man matches, multiple tag team matches where we do feel like we're just getting overburned with so many stars, so many talents fighting each other. We don't know like how it's going to go. We do finally, like, we feel, especially like that this was Okada's first Fatal Forward match. This is the first match where he's fought four people. He's only fought three people before. So this is a big moment. Like Okada had to do all this, and he didn't think that the communication issues might have been an issue problem, especially with how. Adam Cole was wrestling injured, so people did have to kind of be safe with Adam. And the finish just made me kind of sad because apparently he might have had a concussion. And so with him collapsing instead of taking the fucking Rainmaker, just was sad. And him kicking out just out of instinct kind of reminded me of fucking Shane McMahon versus uh, Shane McMahon in the Roman spot at, uh, what was it, Survivor Series. Yeah, this whole thing was... It was it was sloppy. It wasn't good. Felt bad for everybody in it. <laughs> it wasn't like I left that going, oh, that was okay. It was just, oh man, this sucks. So yeah, like yeah, Adam Cole's obviously injured, and they're gonna write him off TV for a little bit. He's having some sort of surgery. Uh, yes, Jay White is still the 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 world champion, but interim title match. This was good. Like, I, I tried to rewatch it later. Like, I just was kind of watching, like, a YouTube version of it that was, like, four minutes long. 
it was good, but another case of there's no way Tanahashi's beating Mox for this interim belt. If they would have just had it straight up, no interim belts on the line, I probably would have enjoyed it more in a weird way. If this was for the All-Atlantic Championship, this would have been match of the night. And I really enjoyed this match. You and I, we've been waiting three years for this match. And the way they were building up in the packages, being like Mox saying, like, oh, Tanahashi been ducking me. Tanahashi saying, no, Moxley just had to spend all this time to finally get onto my level to be on the Aces level. Right. And we had this, like, really big match these three years that we've been waiting for. And I felt like it delivered, even though also apparently in this match, Mox possibly had a concussion too. <laughs> so, again, this cursed paper, you had to keep going with Adam Cole, Dax, and... Possibly Mox all getting But hurt. we can blame it all on concussions. I, I just feel like there's other shows where all that stuff happens and it's still a good show. The, you, you mentioned that they run, they they uh, machine gun booked this. Like it was booked very fast. They took three or four episodes of Dynamite. WWE does that too sometimes though and it pays off. Impact does it. And they're able to book a pay-per-view with four television shows. It's not like we always need 12 shows in between each pay-per-view to build stuff. We could have gotten to know these NJPW guys a little bit more on the weeks building up to the show, but having Tanahashi come out in sweatpants and a hoodie looking like an old piece of shit wasn't a good way to get people excited for this. Uh, and the same with Okada. like When he showed up at the pay-per-view, not the same guy that was on Dynamite. Um, and then the, and the crowd, like with Tanahashi, I think the crowd was really behind him. Uh, but then, I don't know, just the Mox entrance was... Because I think even Kevin was kind of calling it out. Like, Mox kind of just – they they only wanted him to be a main eventer because Punk got hurt. They wanted him to be in a tag match or some bullshit. Punk goes down. Who's our next number one baby face? I guess Mox. What's he been doing? Anything cool? Not really. He's been doing 12 to 6 elbows with Wheeler Yuta. Uh, and then even that spot in this match, I thought was stupid. I hate that spot. Gino. Does anyone like that? Are we going to have the audience start counting along? One, two. Three, four. Like, why are we still doing that? I mean, there are sometimes, like, if it's with someone who can actually fucking take it and take actual stiff shots to the side of their fucking head, they're great. Because, like, that's where they came from. It's like people actually sh- fucking smashing their fucking skull in with the elbow. Some people, again, they, especially like, with how AEW has to be safe, they're just doing elbow to shoulder. But they should be doing elbow to the side of the head. Uh, Jericho Appreciation Society gets beat up by Blackpool Combat Club. So that's... The go home math going into the real show, blood and guts. Looks like the JAS. You know the go home math is JAS had the advantage by winning the match, so they technically. No, the go home math is how the show ends. The show ended. This pay per view ended with Claudio and the Blackpool guy standing tall, dude. That's the go home math. Where they're standing tall, and then there was the aftermath, which again you have to watch social media sometimes. No, nope, where don't. Eddie Kingston walked away, he's like he doesn't trust Claudio. Still, after all these years, he still does not trust him. Go he home math no doesn't apply to go home math has never applied to Twitter, you know. It does apply to Twitter, just like it's going to apply Do to you know, Twitter when we have against all odds next week. Most weekend. of the fans who watch this show probably work like I do, okay? We don't have time to check Twitter for wrestling news, all right? We just show up, see what's on Wrestling Inc. real quick, and turn on their podcast, all right? That's what we do. So we don't watch all that stuff. I'm worried about you. You're getting worse. You're watching more Twitter. You're watching the boys immediately. Like midday on Fridays, you're like, oh, it was so good. Do you know what happened? This the boys was so good that we need to talk about it. It sucks that Geese is not here because I was so hopeful and excited to talk about it, especially after watching it. I was like, this is going to be the best. And now next, this next Friday, I'm going to be like, this is going to be even better when Geese is finally back and we can talk about it because this was an amazing. 
third to last episode of a season. Probably the best third to last episode of an entire season. Right, see, and you, there's only eight episodes. You like, you already know that. Like, how do you, like, okay. So before we get to the boys' cast, let's spend a few minutes. You know what? Let's just get to the boys' cast. I was going to talk about Monday Night Raw. No needs. Raw. I liked it. What well, John Cena's been wrestling a long time. I liked the whole show. Uh, Kevin Owens wasn't there. Didn't you know? I guess he doesn't like Texas. He didn't want to go. Yeah, no money has been qualified match for that, so there's still one spot, so we're going to have that on Friday. Yay, Ezekiel. Hell yeah, I'm good with Ezekiel. Uh, do you just hate WWE because like it's the cool thing to do? Like when I do, like, Sometimes you seem to love it, and right now you're in NJPW mode where you're pretending like that's good, so you just automatically hate WWE, right? I want Elrod to beat Kevin Owens. Like, see, isn't that a fun thing they're teasing? We got to see a tease of Dominic uh, almost eliminating his dad and shit. Miz and Ziggler were in a battle royal. Hulu Raw was great. I mean, I'm sure when you're watching the regular Raw, it's probably really long. It's not bad watching three hours Raw, but again, I just want Elrod to come here. We have Elias, Ezekiel said, Elias and Elrod were backstage. We want to fucking be with Elrod, not with Ezekiel and Elias, but we're never going to see Elrod. But one thing that I did like from Raw is because I could tell how this is going, especially with how it started. We had Judgment Day and the Mysterios backstage and Finn disrespecting Rey Mysterio just like he disrespected Edge. He's disrespecting Legends. So this means we got to have Goldberg to show them that they have to respect Legends. And Finn Balor's going to fucking die to Goldberg. Yeah, that'd be fun. Finn Balor getting buried. I'm, I'm looking at the Hulu Raw. I'm looking at the regular Raw results. Hulu Raw cut out some good shit this week, it looks like. So maybe I only saw the bad stuff. Like I still saw Nikki A.S.H., so maybe maybe I didn't get the good stuff. Uh, I didn't get to see Jay versus Montez Ford. I bet they had an awesome match. I didn't get to see AJ versus The Miz. I didn't get to see that either. How do you cut AJ from, from your Hulu version? Alexa Bliss and Liv Morgan? That's probably all right. I'm probably good missing that. Uh, the John Cena thing, that was a long, they really, that whole Hulu episode was just John Cena stuff. I thought Raw was literally just a John Cena commercial uh, and then some Bobby Lashley stuff. So very fascinating, but I I, uh, I I like where we're going, right? Becky Lynch is in the Money in the Bank. Carmella was there looking unbelievable. How real tied was Carmella, dude? I barely paid attention to all Carmella stuff. It's just like they had to rush this because Rhea Ripley possibly having COVID or whatever. She's sick with, with the brain injury. Yeah, exactly. But even if they rushed it, they're doing a great rush. And they're doing a fine job. And hopefully Money in the Bank's going to be good. But we're going to have to see who the last person is going to be between Elrod and Kevin Owens. Well, are they doing that on Friday or are they going to do some other match? Who is the Intercontinental Champion? Gunther? Maybe he could be in it. I mean, it would be sweet if we had Gunther and Omos, two big giants, but I doubt we're going to do it. We just have one giant in the Is Gunther that big? He's not that tall, is he? He's bigger than most of their stars, so he's technically like a giant. Okay, I was going to say, I was like, dude, I watched him fight Ilya Dragunov, and Ilya Dragunov's like a child. So, okay, let's run down the boys. You know, there are some notes that I took from this Hero Gasm episode. Spoiler alert, everybody. Let me just throw that out there. If you have not watched season six of the boys, season... Episode 6, Season 3 is what I meant to say. Uh, I watched it. Now, this season has been built around we need to destroy Homelander, okay? Uh, I was even trying to figure out, Gina, how do you do a boys podcast? I've never done one. So, uh, they're trying to destroy Homelander, and it's they, we get the crackpot idea that we're going to find Soldier Boy, and Soldier Boy is going to be able to kill Homelander. Like, that's what they assume is going to be, like, the only way to get rid of Homelander, uh, so 
they, they they found him, dude. They were able to get Soldier Boy, and now they're working with him. Starlight's like, Huey, why are you working with him? He is a villain. He's a murderer. And Huey's like, I just got to protect you. That storyline's really annoying, Gino. How annoying is Huey right now uh, being like a complete contradiction of his character from all the other seasons? It's because this season he's finally wanting to stand up for himself and prove that he's not a bitch anymore. This has actually been a great character development all these seasons. He's finally wanting to stand up for himself, knowing, and yes, maybe it was written wrong, like weirdly, especially like in this episode where you mentioned, like, I actually was upset the entire time since our date that you were better than me. And I finally wanted to prove that I could stand up for myself, be a man in this relationship and not just be a bitch. Yeah, the, the way he said that, I was like, well, it does. You know, I just, I don't believe you. Like, like you, it's these powers that you're taking. And maybe that's going to be the big reveal is this temporary compound V doesn't really fuck your brain up or some shit. But because it, it makes no sense. Yeah. He like, now that he has powers, he's like, I saved you. If I'm her, it's like, I'm a fucking superhero. I've been in way more severe shit than that. So why don't you, why don't you go sit in a toilet with a camera in it? There that this portion of the show, obviously Huey and Starlight, you know, it's gonna they have to break up eventually. Uh, even with her dating Homelander, I thought the same thing. I thought, oh, this is gonna go bad. Like she, in my head, I was thinking she's probably gonna end up liking Homelander or something crazy. She's gonna see he's not always a maniac or something like that. They were gonna give his character a bit of a tweak. Uh, no, none of that. I was wrong about that. Um, so obviously, so what was the best part of this episode six is the fight. Obviously, right? Like we finally got the moment of Homelander versus Soldier Boy. Uh, like this was this was huge. This was finally Rock and Hogan are in the ring together. Finally, we're going to get that Austin Rock at WrestleMania 19. We're going to finish this thing off. So ultimately that was what really drove home this episode, right? I and that was one of the moments to me, one of them that really drove it home especially was when we got in Homelander's room when he looks in the mirror and we get the kind of like Green Goblin segment but him like talking to himself realizing that Homelander is trying to talk to John and get rid of that last shred of humanity that need to be loved because that still is a weakness that he has and he still has that even in this episode. That weakness and need to be loved is finally going to hopefully get torn away because of what happened right at the end but how they've been doing like the past couple episodes i've really enjoyed like the whole you start off with like one moment where like starlight has her fist clenched behind her back as a kid and you go back to that at the end of it then we had here at the beginning we had every we had the fucking what's his name the deep in the fucking camera phone we had him singing imagine because we want to talk about 2020 again make fun of it so having all the celebrities singing imagine then we had the phone with the fucking starlight in her Instagram following with thousands and millions of people watching live. Yeah, and the deep is one of the most annoying characters for me. I just hate that fucking guy. They they casted him very well. He's a piece of shit. Why would he have to bang an octopus, you know? Why is that in this show? Why is the show always just doing something sexual and gross? Well, it's because the deep is a very depraved man still to this day. Like, especially in that video, because I just remember this, in that little eye caption that YouTube has at the top right, they had the whole, you go buy his book, because they're, it's all fucking social media and him just trying to get attention to get people interested in wanting like him. And then him being the only guy now in charge of the whole surveillance shit because he fired everyone he fired everyone <laughs> especially us two people because like you guys don't understand what you're doing you're no heroes we're the people who actually do this shit so we fired every single person even that woman was still a useful person nathan nathan subscribed Hi. yeah i i didn't 
So I enjoy a lot of what the show's doing with with that. And yeah, Homelander uh, is you know, I was wondering if they were going to try and cuz you would expect the way they're doing this, he's going to die at the end of the season. Like this whole season is how do we kill this guy? Uh but they they haven't they haven't tweaked his character at all to make me think that's still not going to happen. Uh, I mean, he got he almost died. He got his ass kicked in this episode by by Soldier Boy, by Butcher, and by Huey helping out. Uh, so yeah, there, the, that was for me like this big climax, and then obviously Starlight announcing she's leaving Vought, and she kind of comes public about how much of a piece of shit Homelander is. And uh, I love Lockheed all. Black says, "Did we find Gino a job yet?" Gino. You watch the boys immediately. I assume you were applying for jobs the whole night. I could be applying for jobs. We need to just discuss the boys right now. We're in this big <laughs> moment. We're talking about episode six. We're getting close to the real climax. We had this climax to the climax that we're all excited for about the boys. Yep. So, Gino, real quick, wrap it up. Where do we think this is going? I have a feeling this is going to end with, check this out. Soldier Boy's going to have like a magical dick. Okay, and it's whoever fucks Homelander's ass dies. So either Huey, Billy, somebody's gonna fuck a butt. All right, and that's how the series ends. What do you think? Well, I mean, in the comic books, there is a bit in the Herogasm where Homelander does fuck Soldier Boy because Soldier Boy is trying to get back. It will be in the Seven because Hope Soldier Boy. There's multiple Soldier Boys in history because like there's the first one that he dies and there's multiple <laughs> Soldier Boys. You make, you're making this Homelander is a clone of Soldier Boy. You're making the show suck. <laughs> then, then, there's parts of the comic that's it comic books is actually really interesting when you really follow it and understand like how like Stormfront Tech was a guy and we had to change that to make it be a person he she becomes with Homelander because like Homelander is technically supposed to be a clone of Storm, uh, Stormfront and Soldier Boy and that's how like he has weakness and has like this whole thing and that's why like when he mentioned like I am your upgrade I'm like so he is a clone because, like, again, we know he was genetically made. He's not a real kid. He never had a real family. He was just in this lab from birth to being an adult. You think so much about this show, Gino. I, I agree with Nathan. I mean, you you need, you need should get a job. Like, it's just crazy. You're, the way your brain works, it's so analytic. Why aren't you doing data analytics or something valuable? I don't know, man. That's thing. I've just been really enjoying the show. The show is an analytical show. When you really pay attention, like the whole like psychology of these characters, again, Homelander breaking, trying to become who he wants to be, being this god, but realizing that he does have to like shred that. We got it. No, we got it. (laughs) That's what I mean. We all get this. It's a deeper show. We got it. But I'm just saying, for the value of your life, why don't you do something with that? You're wasting time watching some television show and being so in-depth about it, getting so into the minutia, if I can use a word, if I can keep this about wrestling. Like, Chino, it's time, dude. And I just find it entertaining. That's the thing. I find like this deeper kind of discussion, like thoughts about this type of shit, to be entertaining. Even like even if the show's over, like I enjoy like going deeper into it, like finding people who have like read the comics. I never had the chance to finish the comics because I never had a chance to actually purchase them and find them online legally. You have a chance, you know? What do you mean you don't have a chance to purchase them? I, I didn't have the way to, like, find them. You can, I think there is, like, websites I can go into if I really tried to look. Just buy them on eBay. Get a, get a job, make money, buy them on eBay. <laughs> I'm sure someone has the entire collection. I'd like for at least a decent price. Not like too expensive, I'm sure. Maybe you're right. Gino, it's time, my friend. I think we did it. I don't think you want me to talk to you about your job. Obviously, there's been no progress. I'm sorry, Nathan. Gino stays. 
in his in his cave. He stays in the cave. He was so excited about the boys. It's so funny. Like, you know, I wish you could get excited about other things. Like, you know, like mowing the lawn. Remember, I mowed the lawn earlier. I gotta buy a new mower with money. And like, typically, be like, oh shit, I gotta spend two hundred. Now I get to pick out my mower. I'm so excited to buy a mower. So there's uh, things on the tan. Your whole life is an NFT right now. Everything you do is just digital. Nothing fun. Nothing. It's uh, everything is non fungible. You need some fungible shit. And maybe one day we'll come. But right now, everything is digital. The world is digital, and I'm looking forward to the future of this world. How far digital goods will go? Yeah, has this show changed your view on ass play at all? This show has changed my view on a lot of things, especially like humanity and are people really human? Answer my question, Gino, because I'm really focused on ass play. I think I might try more of it. Like, Maybe that's the whole point of this show is it wants you to put things in your ass. Maybe if I put something in there while I watch the show, it will open my mind in a way that I've never thought of, you know? Maybe so, but after all that happened in this episode, there might not be any more Asplay. There might not be any more sexual you fun don't, because you of how know there's serious gonna be this play. next two episodes are going to be. There's going to be so much Asplay in the next the next minute. I, I can't wait for the amount of ass we're about to see. Uh, Nathan did a great. It didn't play. Gino is going to die in his room. Gino, you're not going to die in your room. I bet he shits in the corner, never leaves. Gino, you leave the room all the time. Tell Nathan. Of course I'd leave this room. There's multiple rooms. Every house has multiple rooms, Nathan. I don't think you understand how houses work. Maybe you're in a studio like Kevin wants to be in where it's just the one room, and maybe you have a bathroom, but the door is not entirely a door. But here's the thing. There's multiple rooms. I always leave this room. There's always different rooms I go into. I even go to the outside room. There's a room outside that you can go into called the outside that I do go to, and I just like sit down. I'm just like, the world is changing. We're all dying. It's so not changing, Joe. You know? You're just sitting there. It is. <laughs> The world itself is changing. I may not be changing. Your world has not changed. You don't even know if the world's changing. You haven't been in it. You've just been in your room and been in your outside room. Gino, it's time. You, you, what happened? Now, this is serious. What happens if, let's say, your mom or whoever you're living with, what happens if they're gone? Like, what, what do you do at that point? That is the good question. I do wonder every day, like, what will happen when this happens and who, hopefully, life will continue to go on. And I, if I have to, I'll sell all my shit and move out. But then, and then, and then, what? And be done. What does that mean? Like, what? What is the plan? Like, you don't want to make a plan. Your plan is just to wait until it happens, and then, oh, well, it happened. Yeah, my whole plan is like, if I do get a job, save up money, don't spend anything I don't need to, and just plan for the future with the money I eventually do save. Don't waste anything I don't have to waste it on. So, but when does that start? You know, like because you're going to save more money if you start sooner. You know, like that's. That's just how that's that's basic mathematics right there. So let's say you put aside like five hundred bucks a month, or you put it in an ETF, and you can have like you know thousands and thousands of dollars within a couple of years for when you do eventually move out. And that's the thing I'm looking forward to. That's why I do need to like really get into looking for a job. My whole big issue, especially right now, is I've been in quite a bit of pain. I'm realizing I have two. I pain. told you, dude. And the wisdom to the issue, like, I realize I need to fucking get this taken care of, but I have no medical, so I got to have to pay for it. So I do need to find a job first so I can <laughs> hopefully get insurance so I can not have to worry about paying as much as I know I will have to. Get a job. Get, See, get a job. Get A lot of places will give you benefits, like, within 30 days now. They got rid of 90 days. So it's time. And I worry about your body. Like, your body is going to – I imagine you're in pain anyway. Like, you sit in a wooden chair while we do this. You spend all day laying down. 
Like that's not good. Like dogs got to get up every couple hours and move because they just they're we're not built to just be so stationary. I have a stand up desk at work. You know, I stand for six hours a day. Nice, and I'm looking forward, like, when I do hopefully get out there and have another job again. Right now, I do need to actually get off my ass and look, even with this pain I'm going through, where I do try to just put myself to sleep to fucking take care of this pain, at least be a way to navigate, like, hopefully get better. What do you so, do to like, put yourself to sleep? Just try to force myself to sleep, even through the pain. But you still watch the boys during that. Yeah, I put on the boys. I put on like shows just to, like distract me. Put on Beavis and Butthead do the universe, which again is a great film. You should watch it. It's on Paramount Plus, or you can find other alternatives, whether they be legal or otherwise. Did you watch uh, Jerry and Marge Go Large? That's on Paramount Plus. I did not watch that yet, but again, I watched that show Beavis rules. and Butthead do the universe. Beavis and Butthead do the universe was such a good film. I was surprised they were able to do what they were. They still kept the characters true. I don't like that you called it a film. Like <laughs> it is a film. It's the. Beavis better do America as a film. It's all films. No, they're not made on films. They're cartoons. It's still a film. <laughs> so film is just movie. Like, oh, it's a it's movie. Kino. Kino films. That thing. I could be talking about Kino, but I'm saying film. It's there. You go. S- surgery scheduler. Ophthalmology. Full time. Marietta Eye Clinic. That's that sounds flexible. Uh, what is this? Manor Care Rehab. You want to go take care of people in rehab? I don't know if I'd do that well with taking care of people over here, but I could see what I could do. What do you think you would do well in? Sales? Possibly sales. At least some for, like, I feel I could do good at, like, fucking telemarketing or, like, this communication. Like, the whole people calling hotlines, just me following a script to the best of my ability and just not caring what the people are saying when they're trying to say, like, aggressive, mean shit just because they're in a negative mood because of shit they're going through. There's a call center job in Atlanta that pays $29 an hour. Holy shit. It's for scope for what scope like the mouthwash. We are looking for a call center customer service agent. That will be the liaison between our company and its current and potential customers. The successful candidate will be able to accept ownership for effectively solving customer issues, complaints, and inquiries. Keeping customer satisfaction at the core of every decision is the behavior. Uh, but I don't, I don't show what they like do. I always hate when job postings are super vague about what the company is. Like it just says scope. Like, what is that? Why don't you tell me a little bit about you? Equality for disabled people. That's their, that's their tagline. Uh, yeah, I get hit up every day on LinkedIn. You know, LinkedIn might be a good resource. Build that resume up, get on LinkedIn. Recruiters are just coming to me left and right. So maybe that's, maybe that's your next strategy is don't even apply for jobs. Let the jobs come to you. And that's something I should do. That's it. With Indeed, I do go on there and I do see jobs. But yeah, I do need to actually take my time, do put my resume that I worked on on that into LinkedIn and find jobs that actually do come to me instead. Yeah, dude. I mean, in the chat, Gilbert's like, Gino, seriously, you don't need help. You, do you help with the bills? Like, you don't make money, right? Yeah, currently I make no money at all. I'm poor. For, I'm just poor. I don't even take advantage of the government because I'm a good human being. <laughs> I actually have good morals. And I don't I like take advantage. I just like the way you said that. that. I'm unemployed. I'm, I'm not laughing at you. I'm an honest human. I'm not laughing. Now, Akai Black says, Gino, I work 910 hours plus per day. Fuck's sake, you can get a part-time job. At least find some purpose in your life. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah, because you talk about, like, you don't think you can, like, go to a job, right? Like, you want to work remote. Like, there's no way for you to get to a job like you wouldn't be able to get a ride you were talking about taking ubers to work which is like no don't do that get a bicycle or get like a skateboard or something or have have your mom or your stepdad drop you off at these places 
Because, yeah, there's several jobs. I mean, you got to find some. You always talk about communications. Maybe you do need a call center job or you can just answer the phone all day or something like that. Like, there are jobs. And I, that's what I'm looking forward to. And that's what I will be looking into as soon as I really get into a better both mental state and physical state. And this fucking tooth pain's killing me today right now all of a sudden. Even the tooth pain just started, days. though. I mean, I'm talking to you for a year. Yeah, it's been going on for a while now, actually. A it's year? It's been going on for like quite some time. Maybe not an entire year, but like for a few months now. Off and on, this pain comes and goes. And and what have you done about it? I've just been doing nothing. Been brushing my teeth <laughs> even more, just like find other teeth, like toothpaste that might be able to help with the issue, whether it be like plaque or like I'm not even tired of sure what the issue is. You know, is. get the job, get the like, health insurance, go to the dentist. You're going backwards. You're like, I need better toothpaste. Like, no, the tooth is fucked. It's time to get the tooth taken care of. You're a doer. Remember last week you yelled? You were really obnoxious yelling, I'm a doer! And I was like, whoa, jeez, Gino. Like, you got to get that tooth fixed, so we either do this. We either go to a community health center and get a discounted rate where you're seeing maybe a volunteer dentist, which they still offer very valuable services, or, like you're saying, get the job, get some dental insurance, uh, you just got to get a career, though. Like, I don't want you to go back to Walgreens or Chipotle. Like, you got to get, like, a big boy job. You're almost 30. It's time. And that's what I will look into is actually finding a real career. And even if it does, like, start off with me just doing temporary, like, part-time work. Yeah. Just Do something, Gino. Do, uh, work for Tony Khan. He seems to hire people. Like, this will be fun. Go to, go to Jacksonville. What's holding you to Marietta? Nothing. That's true. There's nothing holding me anywhere. There's nothing holding me back except for my own insecurities. Your own insecurity. You're like Homelander's ass. Like people want to get in that, but you're very good at not letting anyone in. Unless Elizabeth Shue wanted in his ass. That's probably the only way anyone was going to enter that ass. And I guess that's true. Even though there was no stormfront situation where, like, I. That's still weird to me. Like that she died, but we never really saw her die. Only just a fucking body back so it could be fake yeah they're like they f yeah they faked her death just to distract him or something like we're not sure uh we're not sure what happened yet so even though we saw like two blood spots but like even that could have been fake to be like oh it could be her she could be dead he could smell it but at the same time she could still be alive gino this was an amazing time tonight it was nice to talk about the boys for as much as i think we talked about it more than we did last time right we did. We were able to actually get into detail about it, and I'm looking forward to talking about it more next week, hopefully with Geezy as well, where we can talk about episode seven. Dude, that's going to be our whole new show. It's just going to be the boys, because cause wrestling is just dead, right? This whole New Japan shit wasn't very good. So, And Raw was – raw. the New Japan shit was such a letdown for me. I kind of enjoyed Raw this week. I was like, you know what, WWE, they're, they got some things cooking, all right? I think this whole post-Vince McMahon era is going to turn out pretty well, I think. So I, I – We'll see where it all goes. I, I'm excited for more. I'll be back tomorrow, though. You know that, right? You know I'll be back with Kevin Scampoli. Are you going to be there? Hell yeah, I'm going to be there. We're going to be excited for Blood and Guts, the second Blood and Guts match, where hopefully my prediction's right, and Claudio is going to be the Iron Man going for the first person in the match and end up winning the match for the Black Bull Combat Club. That will be a good time tomorrow. Blood and Guts. I'm excited. We're also – what are we doing tomorrow? I think we're doing – we're going to do chicken over rice with cream and mushroom soup, Gino. Are you a fan of that? That is a nice cream mushroom soup is a great soup just to use for both cooking and just to have if you're like really desperate for food. Yeah, desperate. Yeah, we're going to just, yeah, I like to bake the chicken. I'm probably not going to grill I mean, Maybe I can grill it. Maybe I'll grill the chicken and then we'll just pour the cream and mushroom soup over the food once it's all complete. 
oh, it's going to be awesome. So I can't wait for that, Gino. I, I wish Geezy was here, but I think you, you, you're able to help me is enough. I know that you live in a cave. And you don't want to go outside, and you just kind of want to agree with whatever's popular on the internet. So sometimes you tell me and Kevin that you're left leaning. We're like, Gino, you're nothing leaning. You just live in a basement. So, but once you get outside, Gino, and start realizing how much money the government takes out of your paycheck, you're going to be so right leaning, dude. Maybe so. And that's what I'm going to look forward to seeing where I do fall when I do get an actual career and not just jobs like I've had. Once you join society, dude, you're going to be like, oh, once you start buying your own property, dude, you're going to be so right leaning. It's crazy. Like, it's fucking nuts. When you start buying cars and shit and you start paying for gas, you're going to be like, dude, why am I not right leaning, dude? That's how it all happens, you know? Like, that's why JBL is the way he is. He made so much money in the stock market. He's like, dude, why why was I ever not right leaning? Doesn't the song make you feel more right leaning, Gino? It's just a nice song. That's it. It's like a Willie Nelson song. So it's nice. Just put it in the background and just think about life. Well, it's about to go into the foreground, my friend. I hope this wakes you up. Thank you, everyone, for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for downloading. Leave a rating on Spotify there. Join us next Tuesday. We will be live. Joe.live slash Fleeties. Amazing time tonight, everybody. This is the course. You know, I'm turning it up. Have a good night. Here's well, everybody. Love you all. Shadow from the starlight. How did you know you do the Colorado? Rocky Rock Mountain High. Your part. Oh, you sound good. Rocky Mountain High. Gino's killing it. Have a good night, everybody. We'll do this again tomorrow with Kev. Be cool. Say that he got crazy once and he tried to touch the sun And he lost a friend but kept a memory Now he walks in quiet solitude, the forests and the streets Love you Nathan, Dakota, Dix, Quigley, Ricardio, Ernest Spliff, Gilbert Life is